And hello, everybody. We are back for the Strengthening Love and Sex podcast. Yes. Are you excited? I'm super excited. We're excited. We're going to have some fun tonight because we're going to get into it. We're getting all the way up in there. And we're going to talk about everything we want to talk about because we are grown. (laughs) And so are you. And so this is episode three of the Strengthening Love and Sex podcast. I hope they listened to the last two. I hope so too. Because we had such a wonderful time fun. talking about the little foxes little and foxes awakening, awakening love yes. when it's time. Mm-hmm. And tonight we want to talk about get your mama out your bed. Why is she in the bed? I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna find out. Now, seriously, we we want to talk tonight to married couples and seriously dating couples about the tendency for us not to be able to detach ourselves from our parents' restrictive outlook on sex. Mm. It's amazing when we had a a workshop not long ago, uh, Unashamed, Naked and Unashamed retreat with married couples, and we asked the people how many people's parents taught them about sex. And it was not a lot of people that had parents that talked about sex. But as young people, more is caught than is taught. And so even though they didn't verbally teach you about sex, a lot of you got some stuff from your mom and your dad and them that is holding you hostage in your bedroom. So we're going to talk about that tonight. And as usual, we always try to use a scriptural basis uh, because our faith uh, is centered in what the sacred text has to say about sex. And so. I'm going to get my wife to jump in. She's going to play the lover, the female lover tonight in the Song of Songs. And so, baby, read it. Read it, you know, like sexy, like, uh, like what is, what is she saying in the Song of Songs, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1? Okay. Oh, I wish you were my brother who nursed at my mother's breast. Then I could kiss you no matter who was watching, and no one would criticize me. I would bring you to my childhood home, and there you would teach me. I will give you spiced wine to drink my sweet pomegranate wine. Mm. Your left arm will be under my head and your right arm would embrace me. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Mm. Now, reading this scripture at face value, isn't it kind of weird? <laughs> it is kind of weird. She said, I, I wish, wish you were, were my brother. I w- okay, I thought I was the only one. Mm. She said, I wish you were my brother. So I could take you to the home of my mother and we both nursed at her breast and I would lead you into my mother's bedroom. And then she goes on to say, your left arm will be under my neck and your right arm around my waist. What is going on? I'm glad y'all asked that question because what is happening in this text is what you don't see culturally is that during that time and even today in the Middle East, you are not allowed to show public displays of affection between a man and a woman, even if you're married. I remember Rhonda and I, we traveled to Dubai not long ago, and the, the, the lady that scheduled the trip gave us some rules that we had to follow, had, had to dress modestly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to be on our, our best behavior, be civil. And then there was one thing that stood out, no public displays of affection. I'm like, what? I can't kiss my wife in public. Can't hold my hand. I can't hold her hand. And even in Jerusalem, we went to the Holy Land. Same rules Same applied. Rules. But what was crazy is we walked down the street and we saw men holding hands mm-hmm. and men greeting each other with kisses on the cheek because it was okay for men to display public affection toward one another, but not toward their wives. Right. 
interesting. Um, and what's crazy is that uh, a lot of us in America, even though we are more liberal in our sexuality, still carry some of those same restrictions into our marriage. Uh, how so? How, how, how does it play out in, in, in our modern day, this restrictive, this conservative nature, even though we're in uh, this kind of twerk, <laughs> twerk-free uh, environment and anything goes and they weren't scantily clad, but yet there's some restrictions that follow us in the bedroom. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand exactly what you're saying. Also being played out here in the United States for some couples, they don't show those public display, displays of affection, whether it was seen or not seen they choose not to do so and if they do try to hold hands or kiss one another in public then they kind of feel shy about it which is you know kind of weird you're already married you kissed everyone in front of a cloud of witnesses when you got married so what's the difference in holding your spouse's hand in the store or you know kissing your spouse when you're out and about i always laugh at the boys even they're, they're young men now and when I grab my wife and I hug her, or I kiss her, or I grab her behind, they're like, oh, stop. I'm like, what? We're married. How do you think you got here? <laughs> exactly. but, but the thing I'm talking about, babe, is that when people get married mm -hmm. and get in the bedroom, some of them are not fully able to express themselves as this woman because her restrictions and her culture taught her you cannot show public displays of affection. So this is where she comes in and she says... I wish you were my brother because then I could kiss you in the public and would nobody say anything. I could hold your hand. Nobody would say anything. Why? Because that's my brother. Now, it sounds, it sounds, at first glance, it sounds incestuous, but she's not proposing incest. She's talking about the freedom to show affection in public. And we, too, should have the freedom to show public displays of affection. But some of us struggle with private displays of affection. You get in the bedroom and you still feel restrictive because your mama's in your bedroom. What do I mean? She's not physically in your bedroom, but she's in your head. She's in your head. Or your dad is in your head. How so? And, and it's because of some of the things that you probably were taught when you were younger of you don't, um, you know, show these displays of affection even inside the home. Mm. Even inside your own bedroom, you're sometimes they're still thinking, oh, the bed is only for rape reproduction mm -hmm. and not really to connect on a more intimate level with your spouse. Yeah, we, we, we carry those same restrictive values into the bedroom when it is we're not able to uh, differentiate our value system from our parents value system. And again, a lot is caught, even though it's not taught. And we grow up with restrictions like good girls don't finish my thought. Uh, good girls don't do that. And that is a number of things that could be don't have sex. Uh, good girls don't kiss. Good, good girls don't wear lingerie. Good, good girls, girls keep their legs closed. Yes. All good girls them. don't call boys on the phone. Boys call girls. Uh, you know, it's like girls were conditioned to sit back and wait for the advancement of, of men, right. but not initiate. And so when you get in the bedroom, a lot of women 
feel guilty initiating sex because good girls don't do sex. There's also been this trend on social media. I don't know if you've seen it. A lot of people are uh, debating whether or not oral sex is a sin. I've seen women, grown women, getting on uh, TikTok and Instagram and talking about, uh, yeah, oral sex is a sin. Based upon what? what? What scripture are you using to say that oral sex is a sin? When it's obvious that the Bible wants us to uh, to have oral sex. What are you talking about? We talked about in the last podcast. Uh, so- Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 3 says, Like an apple tree among the wild trees, so is my lover among the young men. In his shade I take pleasure in sitting, and his fruit is sweet to my taste. She's talking about uh, his sexual organ, his penis. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we try to water down the Bible, like, no, it ain't what it, no, that's what it's talking about. She's using allegory to say, I want to taste you. And then look at Songs of Solomon 4.16, read that it one. It says, awake, north wind, and come, you south, blow on my garden, that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste mm. his precious fruits. Now, as a woman, and that's a woman talking right there, what is she talking about, blow on her garden? What do you think that is? We're talking about oral sex. Talking about blowing between the legs. <laughs> between the sheets. <laughs> but this is, okay, so. Okay, come on. Uh, it's so odd to me that when some women will say, oh, this is bad, or we don't do it. But in actuality, it's really taking place. Yeah. So it's like they want to put on this persona mm. that it's wrong or put up this facade that it's wrong. In all actuality, they're doing everything, everything that's behind the doors. Mm-hmm. They're doing everything. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of women struggle with the Madonna whore complex. Okay. You know, we have Jesus, uh, we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. She is a virgin right. when she conceives and, and gets pregnant with Jesus. Right. She doesn't, a man doesn't even enter her until after Jesus is born. Then you have Mary Magdalene, Mm -hmm. who was considered to be a prostitute. Uh, Jesus cast out seven demons from her, and she was was one of his disciples. And and women struggle between which Mary they're going to be. Am I going to be married, the virgin who stays chaste, and no man has touched me? Or am I Mary Magdalene, who I... I had the reputation of being promiscuous, but now I'm saved, and now my promiscuousness <laughs> is under the auspices of my husband, that I can be free and sexual with my husband. I think women have to integrate the two. They got to learn how to be a, a woman of God, but at the same time, when you're in the bedroom with your husband, the bed is undefiled. It absolutely is undefiled. But I think that a lot of women may struggle with that because, just as you said, they don't know which one to be or which way to integrate both of them. Because a lot of times women have been frowned upon for being either way, Mm. either if they were too chaste, too holy, or if they were too free or too loose then there is that stigma either way that's placed upon a woman. Mm. So a female needs to decide 
with her own self, with her spouse. This is the way that I'm going to be. This is the way we're going to learn to be together and grow together so that there's not any repercussions of having, I'm feeling a certain kind of way because I'm looked at. This woman said blow on it. Yeah. <laughs> she said awake north wind and come. You south wind, blow. Blow on my garden <laughs> that its spices may flow out. Now see, this what got me right there. Spices. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be spicy. We want to, we want to be sweet, but she's talking about all the spices that make food taste delicious. Mm -hmm. And she says, and when you blow on it, it flows out. That sounds like to me when a woman is excited and her juices begin to flow. You know, Arousal. It, she gets wet or whatever. She says, let my beloved come into his garden and taste his precious fruits. And what a lot of people don't know is that there's some health benefits from tasting your wife. Tell me. Um, yeah, so... The vagina is actually healthier, cleaner than the mouth. And the, the juices from a woman have been known to be a health benefit to men. And then vice versa for a man, men who receive oral sex are less likely to have a heart attack and live longer. So I'm telling y'all, if you want to live longer, you better let them taste that fruit. <laughs> <laughs> taste your fruit so this is a interesting scripture I, I was looking at a tiktok the other day and uh this woman said hey baby you want to taste what my mama made and the man said yeah what is it she said me <laughs> but but a lot of times men cannot taste what the mama made because the mama's in the bedroom the mama's in the head uh and sometimes as men we can enjoy what mama made because mama gets in the way though this woman longed to get to the place where she could express all of her pent-up desires for her husband in public places now we don't suggest now we talked last week about uh Rhonda said one of her fantasies was <laughs> to to make love in the car in daylight but we don't want to get arrested either there was a couple there was a couple there was a couple uh on a ferris wheel Last week, they got arrested for having sex now, in the Ferris wheel. Let's we'll see. That was just. <laughs> but this woman imagines what it would be like to show public displays of affection. And imagination is so key for marriage. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yes. What, what are some ways that imagination, like this woman in this text, what are some ways that imagination can help enhance what happens in the bedroom? Imagination enhancing in the bedroom starts before getting in the bedroom mm -hmm. so that could be having a very erotic dinner um having a glass of wine just taking a bubble bath together so that helps with loosening you up getting you out of your mind getting you out of that space and being able to enjoy your husband your partner and, and it gets you out of ruts oh absolutely imagine can you imagine what you want your love life to look like? Can you imagine what an erotic encounter looks like? Can you imagine what gourmet sex looks like? Instead of just doing the same routine stuff y'all do, use your imagination. She says, blow, come north wind, blow. Come south wind, blow. So she's like, blow at the top, at the top and blow at the bottom and watch my juices flow. 
<laughs> top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top. I'm going to rock them while I still got. <laughs> so it's important to use your imagination. And this woman is trying to imagine what it would look like for her and her husband to be in love and to and to get there. But but I was reading a book by Dr. Henry Cloud, and he suggests that a lot of people are not able to fully enjoy each other erotically because they still have the restrictions from parental upbringing. Mm. There comes a time in all of our lives when we have to do, as Genesis 2 and 23 says, leave and cleave. For this reason, a man shall what? Leave. His mother. And father. And cleave. To his wife. To his wife. And the two. Shall become one. Shall become one. So, have you done a good job of leaving your mom and daddy's house so you can enjoy your bed? And I would say many of us haven't. I was reading a case study <clears throat> of a young woman who got married. She imagined what it would be like to have her husband to herself to be in the bedroom. But when she got married, her libido dropped. Hmm. And she felt very ashamed to have sex with her husband. And when she went to counseling, she discovered that because she was a daddy's girl, she felt guilty for having sex with her husband. Their, her daddy was still in the bedroom. And it wasn't until she wrote a letter to her dad saying, Dad, I'm going to have to release you so I can embrace my husband. And she began to be able to be more free with her husband because she made that distinction between her and her dad. Now, it wasn't just because of the relationship of being a daddy's girl. It was because of the authoritative mm -hmm. position mm -hmm. in her life. Mm -hmm. As you know, we as women, we may call our dads on, hey, dad, this is broken down. This is broken down. And I need your advice. Or he may come over and, and fix those things. Mm -hmm. As opposed to giving all of that fully to, to your husband. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Your husband ha is the head of your house. And uh, you have to focus more about pleasing your husband than trying to please your dad. And same thing for moms. Um, I was raised by a single parent. And so my mom was everything to me. You know, she was the first authority figure in my life. Uh, in a very real sense, she was a friend, and I had to make that distinction that when I got married, my wife took priority mm -hmm. over my mom, uh, and we had to have a conversation. You know, Mom, Rhonda's the head of the house, and this is my wife, and I've, my priority is her now, and my mama understood that after the conversation, but it takes the intentionality of a man to tell his mother my wife comes first. It takes int intentionality of a daughter to tell her dad, my husband is my head now. Well, that's what the symbolism in a wedding is, is that the dad walking the daughter down the aisle and mm -hmm. giving her away. Mm -hmm. So that's what that symbolism really means is he's entrusting the man that you're marrying and he's giving you away to him not only to take care of financially, mm -hmm. but to take care of all the way around. Yeah. First Corinthians thirteen eleven says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, 
I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. In his book, Changes That Heal, Dr. Henry Cloud says that many people cannot fully express themselves sexually in the bedroom because they have not gone through the adolescent passage of disagreeing with their parents and therefore overcoming guilt and repression. Hmm. Sexuality is still a no-no to them because psychologically they're still children. And guess what? Children don't have sex. Most children don't in this day and age. (laughs) But go with me. Psychologically, some people are still children. Absolutely. And they get in the bedroom and they freeze up because mama don't want me. Mama said good girls don't do that. Mama said I shouldn't do that. And so we have to come to a place where we disagree with our parents. You know, we... We, we take the meat and we leave the bones. Mm-hmm. Our parents did the best that they could. Every generation has improved upon the information they received from the previous generation, or at least they should. We remember the days when Lucy and Dez slept in separate beds on TV, right? Right, but we knew they had sex because they had a child. <laughs> they had, little Ricky. Right. <laughs> they had separate beds. They had separate twin beds, and we were cognitive. We were like, okay. I guess the stork brought little Ricky. But now we fast forward to today and you see sex everywhere. And there's this cognitive dissonance. Okay, what is sacred? How do we we express our erotic nature without throwing away our faith? And I think that's what we're trying to get y'all to see on this podcast is that you you can be a person of faith but still be erotic. But you're going to have to... You're going to have to disagree with some of the things you were mistaught. You're going to have to relearn how to appreciate your body and honor your body and and, and love your wife's vagina and love your husband's penis without feeling like I'm doing something nasty. But a lot of women can't fully embrace their husbands because they haven't fully embraced themselves. My God. Come on. Talk to me. So they're not in love with their own body or know what feels good to them. Mm. And so it's harder for some women to express that to their to their husbands. You know, it said Dr. Klaus said when people feel like adults with other adults, <clears throat> their bodies are their own to give away to their spouses and enjoy as they please. Only then can there be mutual giving and receiving. You're right, people must be comfortable with their own body their own sexuality. And there's a question somebody asked, how do you open up when everything you were taught about sex was restrictive? What would you say to that woman? Hmm. How do you open up when everything you were taught about sex is so restrictive? Mm-hmm. Well, one, you know me, you got to start with a conversation because you don't, sometimes you don't know that what you were taught was restrictive uh, until you get into to the marriage into the relationship when you're seriously dating and you're getting to know one another and you're finding out more about each other and yourself so those conversations should take place in that dating phase mm-hmm. um, especially when you're moving toward being just the two of you you know um where you were thinking about becoming married or getting engaged or you're newly married, those conversations mm-hmm. have to take place in the very beginning to make that foundation, to lay that foundation there. Yeah. You said something key too. You said you got to be comfortable with your own body. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did the workshop and we asked the women in the room, how many of them have looked at their vagina in the mirror 
It was a small number, wasn't it? I think it was a couple. It was a couple of people out of 16 couples, maybe two women, <clears throat> knew what their vaginas looked like. And it's amazing because you all go to the guy in the colleges, lay up on the table and let, some, let a stranger <laughs> look at your most private part and you haven't even looked at it. We have to be comfortable touching ourselves too. You know, if you, you, you catch little boys don't have a problem touching themselves you catch men or little boys they watch the tv with their hands down their pants but women have been taught it's not right for you to touch yourself it's okay to touch yourself god gave you your body for you to enjoy your body and you got to know what pleasures you and and where your husband should touch you and what you where do you like to be touched you don't know that if you haven't touched yourself Um, if you don't know what you like then you don't know what you won't like so that you can effectively communicate that to your spouse as well. Yeah. So if it's, let's just say, if he likes to put his tongue in your ear and you don't like that, mm. then you need to be able to let him know. But if he never puts his tongue in your ear or vice versa, then you don't know. You don't know that. You, you like it? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I'll just mess with you. Oh, but yeah, you you have to experiment with each other and explore one another. I like my wife said uh, a while ago that you have to be a student of your spouse's body. And this woman, she's telling the man what she wants. She said, come into my bedroom and blow on my garden so my juices can flow. She said, taste the wine of my pomegranates. Now, I don't think she's again talking about literal pomegranates. She's talking about her breast. Mm-hmm. You know, to taste the nectar of her breast. There's a scripture in Proverbs 5 where it says, Why waste your seed in the street when you can drink water from your own cistern? And the word cistern is also a Hebrew word which means womb. Mm-hmm. So Solomon is telling his son how to protect his marriage. He said, You ain't got to be out there wilding out in the street, having adultery, committing adultery. Mess with wild women when you got a good thing at home. Go home and taste your wife. He says, drink from her cistern. Enjoy your wife's breast. I mean, how much more plain can we get in terms of the fact that God wants us to enjoy sex? He's given it to us for our pleasure. And, and what a wonderful thing that God has given us. And we just want you all to be liberated so that you can enjoy everything that God has for you. We have another question. How do you even know what you like when all you've been told is good girls don't do this? How do you know? How do you even know what you like when all you've been told is good girls don't do this? Mm. You got to go to the lab. (laughs) What's that mean? (laughs) In the lab is where you experiment. Huh? <laughs> so it's, you know, there, there are a number of, I don't want to send you to any self-help books or anything, but having that open dialogue with your mm-hmm. significant other, honest dialogue, and be honest, if you don't know you're not going to be reprimanded for not knowing. Try something new. Experiment. Here's a, here's a thing. I know you've seen a lot of things on television. You probably even read some things in some books. And you have good girlfriends that you talk to. Make a game out of it. 
let him put some things in a box you write take a sticky note write it down you put about five shake it up mm. y'all pull out one every other night i've even seen some dice that have you roll them and it's like yes kiss, they do mm -hmm. kiss my neck uh suck my toe uh you know hold me this woman says in this text she says his left arm is under my head mm-hmm his right arm is around my waist. Sound like they're spooning to me, it don't does. you? Yeah, I'm left. That, that's my right. Yeah, so he's like this right here. He's like, mm. So yeah, so they're spooning. And and you know, my wife and I love holding each other through the night. It, it's just such a wonderful connection. And I sleep better when I'm embracing you. And I think just start with the simple stuff. Start practicing more PDA. When you're out walking in the mall, hold each hold other's each hands. Other. Yeah, simple. Give each other kisses. You know, when you're walking around the house, hold each other at night. Um, after you make love, don't just go to sleep on opposite sides of bed. Sit there and relish the afterglow. Have conversations. Pillow talk. Well, that means that the man needs to stay away. Yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about that before, too, you know. Uh, one of the ways that you can ensure that your wife stays happy is that you make sure she gets hers first. And so it takes women a little bit longer to reach orgasm. And, and like we said in the earlier podcast, a small percentage of women reach orgasm through penetration. And the, and the majority of women reach orgasm through Oils. oral stimulation of the clitoris. Mm -hmm. And so as a man, as a husband, you may have to spend more time with her first before you reach climax because chances are once you climax as a man you're going to go into your refractory period and you're going to have to get some sleep we get sleepy when we have our orgasm whereas women can have multiple orgasms so start with the woman first absolutely anything else you want to say to the folks about uh, get your mom out your bedroom i think it would be as you said you had read something about a young lady wrote a letter to her father. Mm -hmm. I think it would be also a good idea to write a letter to your mother mm. uh, and just asking her as a woman, not mm. as a mom, how they remain married. Uh, ask about your parents' intimate sex life. And it's okay. It mm. may feel a little weird at first, especially if you are not, that close to your mom or dad and if you're not that close then that's another story for another day but if you're close to your parents then have that conversation with them i think they i know mine appreciated it when yeah. i had the conversation with them because it kind of puts you on that level of yes i'm still child but i'm grown and you know what the the excavation of those conversations is so amazing mm -hmm. to go back and say mama how did you handle this when you were younger dad how did you handle this and what you discover is that they have a lot of regret of what they wish they could have done um and and they explain why they did what they did and they did the best with the knowledge that they had but here's where you're benefiting tonight you're getting information that your parents didn't have and and we hope that this podcast is liberating you to go back in your bedroom and have the best sex of your life. You're supposed to be enjoying one another. Your, your bedroom is your playground. It's your laboratory, as you said, where yes. you can go experiment. And if it didn't work, try something else. 
That is the beauty of sex. And God wants you to enjoy sex. And so on September 15th, babe, we have a free master class coming up, right? That's right. Tell me about our free master class. Now, during our master class, we're going to talk about, again, some of those little foxes that get in to kind of mess um, with you and your marriage. Uh, we're going to tell you on how to avoid those those falls we're going to talk also about how to communicate better mm -hmm. with your spouse different ways of communication we'll give you some additional tips on intimacy so we have a lot in store on the 15th and it's called make it last forever Ever. don't let our love fade yeah y'all remember that key sweat make it last forever and we want you to have a long fruitful passionate spicy that's a word again spicy spicy marriage we want the waters to flow we want the kisses to blow we want you to have the time that god meant for you to have as husband and wife so on september 15th mm -hmm. 7 p.m a free if i say free free master's class and we're going to spend a whole lot of time together and 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 it's going to be invitation only so when you register you're going to be the only one in the room with us, and we're going to talk about what we need to talk. We're going to have some grown folk conversation, yes. and it's going to be on Zoom, and, you, and only the people who register are going to be in the room talking. We had a wonderful time. Last time, we had about 70 couples that showed up and, uh, mm. in, in, in our Zoom chat, and so this time, oh, we had more than that. We more than that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, we want more than that this next time. So will you be in the room with us? Do you want to take your marriage to the next level? Do you want to enhance your intimacy, restore the passion, take sex to the next level, communication to the next level? I believe you do. Do you want to make your love relationship last forever? Then join us on September the 15th and go to the website. What's the website? The website is going to be uh, strengthening love and sex.com strengthening love and sex.com all one word and if you forget that you can always go to our website at the unashamed marriage.com so we're going to get you there and we're so running out so proud of you and and we thank you for being able to have this intimate conversation with you and your spouse and if this was a blessing to you if this helped you i need you to write a review on the podcast uh, you can subscribe to spotify to google to amazon apple music write a review on the podcast like it share it if you're on youtube watching this please like it subscribe and share it with somebody that's the only way we're able to continue to grow and y'all know some people who need this kind of information yes. there's some people who still got their mom in the bedroom some people who are struggling with public displays of affection and they need this information to take them to the next level so until then we're signing off love you guys and we'll see you next time see you next time you have just been with us on the strengthening love and sex podcast sls and we want you to come back next week for episode four uh we're going to talk some more about how we experience the fullness of intimacy that god meant for us to have so please stay tuned for next week same channel same time and we can't wait to help you strengthen love and sex in your relationship